Hello, I'm Russ Jones, pastor at Faith Family Worship Center, and this is After the Sermon. This is Pastor Russ, and this is our next edition of After the Sermon, where I take the time to share with you things and thoughts from recent messages that will help to encourage you and to be there for you. Of course, now this week, I haven't been preaching. Um, Betty preached Mother's Day, obviously, and this past Sunday, Eric filled in for me while I was in Nashville. And um, wonderful time, I hope. I'm recording this before I leave, so I really am speaking by faith whenever I say that. But nonetheless, we're going to be here and spending some time here together. I'm coming back after visiting my daughter. In fact, we're driving back on Monday. So if you're listening to this on the Monday following the Sunday, I'm probably asking God for mercy because we're three shoved into this little 90-something Honda Civic driving through Georgia. Um, I need Jesus. Oh, well. Anyhow, uh, for the last few weeks, let me share something with you. There's been something that's been weighing heavy on my heart, something I didn't see coming. And now, to be honest with you, I'm completely overwhelmed by it. Yes, I do have coffee here. As we begin the process of emerging from covid we're just beginning to see the damage that it's done to our cultures and our lives. It's having an impact on everything, education, churches, marriages, businesses. It, it's just, it's a mess. We all know this. I mean, quite honestly, I, I don't think that anybody here probably should go around saying, yep, everything's okay. <laughs> it, it may be in the moment. You know, you may be telling the truth in the moment. I, I will not take that away from you, but... Everything's not okay. The amount of mistakes and missteps we made during the crisis are too many to count, whether we did as a culture or even, even as individually. And the sacrifices we made personally were probably greater than what we expected them to be. We did what we needed to do in the moment. But wow, the, the price tag was probably more than we expected. Now we're exhausted, drained, frustrated. I, I suffer sometimes from a brain fog. I thought it was the COVID, but that was a couple of years ago now. And really, it's just trying to figure stuff out. Takes a lot of brain power and, and I'm, I'm running out of gas. I'll explain here in a second. Let me see if I can help you understand this in a, in a different way. What do you do now? You're emotionally drained. Or in other words, you don't have the mental energy to be able to deal with life. Things that used to not upset you, upset you. Life is taxing all by itself. Pre-COVID, it was taxing. We all knew this. Think of it as driving a thousand miles on a quarter tank of gas. And every time you run out, you can push your car a mile or so to the next gas station. But guess what? You can only get another quarter tank of gas. And you keep doing this and doing this and doing this, and eventually you just burn the car up. I'll tell you a funny story. One time, my dad had this old tractor. He had taken and restored it, an old international cub. 
You can look it up. And um, one day, Mom and I are coming back from church, and we see the tractor sitting over there, and, and it looks like it's been set on fire. And I'm like, what in the world? So we we'll get out of the truck, we we'll go over and look at it. Sure enough, I, I went to Dad, and I said, did the, did the tractor catch fire? No. He, he, he was fussing with the carburetor. And he had this habit of taking his lighter out. He was a heavy smoker. Taking his lighter out, and he would tap the side of the carburetor. Well, it just wouldn't work that day. He got mad at it, threw gasoline on it, and lit it up. Good, Dad. Okay, so had to take the carburetor off, had to take it into the shop, have it completely rebuilt. Well, it wasn't even a day. He gets a phone call saying, come back, get your, your carburetor. It's ready to go. Wait a minute. That was too quick. Yeah, Somebody had been dinging on the side of it, and they put a little dent in the side, and the float wouldn't work on the inside anymore. It's one of those old-school ones that used to float on the inside of a bell on the bottom of the carburetor. And, um, and so we just put it back where it belongs. It's good to go now. You can come pick it up. My dad hung up the phone and just sat there and went and realized he was the one who put the dent in the side of the carburetor that broke the carburetor so it wouldn't work anymore. And torched his own tractor because it was his fault. Eventually, I think somebody laughed about that. I never seen, never saw anybody do that. I laughed about it, but I sure didn't do it in front of my dad because he could still catch me. Anyhow, it, it, it's, it's these kind of things that we just find ourselves doing. We're just like, I've had it. I'm going to burn the world down. And then we figure out we did it. It, it was our fault. And now we're emotionally exhausted and we feel horrible and it's all my fault and, and it's all their fault and, and it's all the government's fault. It's all media's fault. It, it, we just look it around. It's, this, is, this is just exhausting. So I want to share with you a few things you can do that will help you. And, and a few of these come with a word of caution. So don't do one without doing the other. You've been told. First thing is I want you to disconnect, but don't get addicted. What is disconnection? First of all, it's doing something that allows you to forget what's going on just for a little while. I'm, 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 not, I'm not thinking that you should go on two-week cruises or, or anything like that. Nothing wrong with them. But this is something that's probably should be simpler and not that expensive. Maybe you like to do cross-stitch. Maybe you like to go on a hike, a bike ride, go to the gun range, read a book, whatever it, that you do. I want you to do that. And um, again, I don't think you probably need to spend a lot of money to make this happen, and, um, and you don't have to leave the country. Um, find something that's easy to do and do it often. Now, balance that with the rest of your world. Don't just go into the book and come back three, day, three days later. Mm -hmm. Okay, might be that good of a book, but don't do that. And don't allow a disconnection to become an addiction. In other words, you, you, you will enjoy disconnecting. It feels good, and it gives you some reprieve and respite for a while. But there are some different ways of disconnecting which are not healthy. Drinking and drugs is the most popular. Illicit relationships, pornography isn't going to help you either. Becoming a workaholic or a crisis maker. A crisis maker. This is somebody who creates problems around them because they don't have anything else to do, and they don't think their life is really worth anything unless it's a hot mess. You know people like that. Don't, don't look at me that way. So I, I don't want you to find something that you will become addicted to and use that in order to try to satisfy your need for disconnection. 
Here's the second thing I want you to do. Forgive others and yourself. Now, you made mistakes. So did everybody else. You made some expensive mistakes, probably. So did everybody else. You may have hurt somebody. Yeah, we all did it. Forgiveness is releasing yourself from your self-imposed judgment. Okay? I want you to release yourself from that. Do you, do you need to admit you did it? Yeah, that, that's a good idea. Um, don't live in, den- in denial. Um, but forgive yourself. Say, I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. We make mistakes. That's part of life. And the fact that you feel guilt and remorse tells me that you were not trying to blow your world up. You, you might have done it, but you weren't trying to. Let God help you out here and ask him for forgiveness too for doing it and and just go to him and say i need help he'll help you and his mercy and grace is there just for this purpose forgive others very likely they're in the same boat you're in and and they weren't trying to blow your world up or their world up but it happened let it go move on it it's it, at this particular point you're going to Um, use a lot of physical, mental, and spiritual um, um, collateral in order to try to justify this. And just, it, it isn't worth it. Move on. And take this time and opportunity and the energy that you have to make yourself healthy. Switch gears, go in a different direction. Here's a third thing. Mourn the losses adequately but not forever, okay? We all lost friends to COVID. I did, you did. We lost jobs to COVID. We, we mourn the loss of missed opportunities. We mourn the loss of our lifestyle that was pre-COVID. We may be mourning the loss of a marriage or a family. What are you mourning today? Name it, name it out loud. Nobody, everybody else doesn't have to hear you scream it. No, 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 no. If you're driving in a car, you're there by yourself. Just say it out loud. I'm mourning the loss of. Mourn and allow the grief to move through your body, soul, and spirit. Don't try to capture it and hold it and, and pet it and, 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 and keep it there, okay? Now, the movement may be painful. Most likely it will be. But allow it to keep moving. Okay. That's the key. The key is simple. Don't build a house and live there for the rest of your life. Don't try to go and find something to replace that with. Um, Lamentations tells us that God's mercies are new every day. God has something new in store. Look for the new thing, not the replacement. The replacement is never going to be as good as the original You can build a memorial to the memory somehow, and you can visit that from time to time, and and that may be necessary, but life moves on. Don't miss it. Replace bad habits with good ones. COVID taught us a lot of bad habits, isolationism, anger, and selfishness in the name of self-preservation, and a whole bunch of other stuff too. Pause and take a moment to ask yourself this question. Why are you doing what you are doing? Habits just happen. We don't notice them. We don't pay attention to them. But our life is comprised of hundreds, if not thousands, of them. 
And if you identify something that you're doing that isn't good for you, what are you going to replace it with? Um, here, here's a, uh, and uh, here's something I, I want I want you to understand and see this for what it is. We got into the habit of ordering everything. We don't have to get out of the car. We don't have to go. You know, somebody comes and delivers. You got Grubhub. You got Uber Eats. You got, you know, you got all this stuff delivering. Well, the thing I've noticed about that is, is that it's a whole lot more expensive to have it delivered than it is to go get it yourself. Before, that's what we did. Now, I understand the convenience of things like that. And for some people, it is a huge time saver. But if that's a habit that you are struggling, that, that you have right now, and you're struggling with your finances, then you may need to look at replacing that habit with something else. You still want the reward for the habit, your food, right? So what can you do different? Get out of the car, go get it yourself. Make your own food, go to the store. What is it? Um, the reward for a habit is what you're seeking. Many times it's the routine that's bad. So if, if the, the reward isn't a bad thing, you feel better or you're more relaxed or whatever the case is, oftentimes we need to go back and see the routine that we used in order to get to that point and find a way to replace the routine. So um, in other words, if you want to disconnect from the world, that isn't a bad thing. You don't want to use drugs or alcohol to do it. All right, That is a bad thing. So what can you do to replace the drugs and alcohol? What can you do to do different in order to be able to move on? Um, here's the next thing I want you to do. Embrace change like you do a doctor's diagnosis. Hmm. You go to the doctor, you're in pain. The doctor knows what's wrong with you and he prescribes something that causes more pain. <laughs> Been here and done this, okay? Um, if you do it, the original pain will go away and the pain that the, the solution that causes pain will go away do, too. What do you do? You bite the bullet. You, 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 you do it, right? Well, change is happening all around us at a blinding speed. Embrace it. No, you don't have to like it. Now, I don't like higher gas prices. I don't like it. I don't like inflation. I don't like a lot of the things that are happening, okay? But fighting it doesn't help, all right? You waste a lot of energy you didn't have to spend just by whining about it, worrying about it, being upset about it, and everything else. You embrace it for what it is. Some change is going to be good in our lives. We know that. And that change that you choose to apply to your life is what matters. Oftentimes, change will try to choose what it does to us. And we think we just have to go along with it because that's just the way it is. No, it isn't the way it is. You don't have to do that. Make healthy changes for your body, your soul, and your spirit. Now, look at the Israelites after leaving Egypt. They were in slavery for 400 years. These people fought like slaves, acted like slaves, lived like slaves. And even though they were physically free from slavery, they never mentally or spiritually discovered freedom. A lot of things in the last couple of years had tried, we, we've tried some successfully, to enslave us. Fear, a scarcity mentality, lust, 
greed, selfishness, pride, lying, all sorts of things. And what do you do whenever all of these things are trying to drag you into its grips, to place you in a bondage mentally and emotionally and spiritually that is going to show up physically and it's going to show up in in your day-to-day life? First of all, I want you to follow God's leading. The Israelites, when when went uh, where God led them. It was a pillar of God, a pillar, a, a pillar of cloud by day and a, and a fire by night. Okay. But they couldn't follow his leadership. They could follow the obvious signs, but they couldn't follow his leadership. Evidenced by the fact that they balked at going into the promised land. You can read about that in Numbers 13, whenever they sent the spies into the promised land to come back out with a report. God knows what you what your tomorrow holds in store for you. He already knows what's going to happen. Let him lead you through it. Trust him. That takes a lot of pressure off because we're playing a lot of guessing games right now. And I'll be honest with you, um, I don't know if I'm guessing right or not. Neither do you. So I don't feel bad about saying that. Nobody else is really doing a, doing a really good job of telling us what's coming next. Rely on him for your provision. In the middle of the desert, these people had no sources of food or water, so God would provide for them miraculously. Manna from heaven, that was their food, and even water from a rock. In the midst of these times, we are focused so much. We are so focused on the physical, the economy, the war, our health, and COVID, and this, and that, da, 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 da. But let me ask you, what is God doing for you emotionally? What, what about your emotions, your thoughts? What's going on? What is God doing for you spiritually? How is he drawing you closer to him? What is he doing to empower your life? And the big question is, are you seeking him for these things? We pray for healing of the body, but we need that reinforcement of the, of the mind and, and the spirit in order to be able to go through this. Trusting him by honoring him first in everything. All God asked for from the Israelites was their faith in him, to trust him for everything and to follow him. That's all he, that's all he asked for. And I don't know if you know this, but when you look at, at, at Christianity, when you look at the New Testament, when you look at the Old Testament, everything, a lot of it, Float, not everything, but a lot of it flows back to Moses and these Israelites and the law, everything. Think about this. Honoring life, honoring God with a lifestyle of worship, it emerged from, from this time in the desert with Moses, giving of the tithe and the offering and putting God first in your life. This is where it really is solidified. Corporate worship and individual worship, we see these things begin to emerge. God wants people to come together to worship him and he wants people to worship him individually. The Ten Commandments, we get those. How do we live among one another? What are the rules for doing that? What are the rules for living with God in our life? How do we connect to him? How do we connect to each other? And much what we have believed today emerged from this time of crisis. Do you get it? Much of what, what, we, what we believe today emerged from this crisis. They, these were people that were in crisis. I mean, they were set free from slavery. Believe me, nobody, nobody was probably upset about that. There was a few times they tried to go back and they got afraid. And yeah, that happened. Uh, they made some mistakes in their time of crisis, like we all do. 
But um, um, but reality is, is they were, would rather be free than enslaved. And while that generation couldn't embrace it because of their slave mentality, and they had to wander in the desert for 40 years until they passed away, the next generation understood it all too well what God was asking of them. So they entered the next season that God had in store for them with the leadership of Joshua and the blessing of God because they knew that they could go in and do anything. They had watched God do miracles in their midst for 40 years. If God could do this and keep a nation of people alive and well and their clothes never wore out and they always had food and water and, and every need was met, then they believed that God would be able to give them what he had promised them. And, and that's what I want you to see today. Jesus rose out of the tomb. He can deliver on what he promised because he was once dead, now he is alive. And we need to remember that in this season that we are in as we are pulling out of this COVID mess. And it's gonna take some time. There's some things I think that probably many of us will be living with probably for the rest of our lives. It, th these kind of things happen. But it doesn't mean that God doesn't love us, and it doesn't mean that he isn't going to take care of us. But we must trust him most of all. Father, I thank you for what you've done for your many blessings. I pray that you pour out your spirit upon your people in this place right now. You do a great work in their lives, wherever they're at, driving at home, wherever they're listening. I pray that they will seek you in this time, in this hour, in this season and let you guide them through it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you would like to know more about Faith Family Worship Center, please visit the website at ffwc.us. Check out our YouTube channel, FFWC Palm City, and you can also visit my website, russjones.us.